Hey everyone, thanks for checking out Zach Pack Podcast once again. This episode we got our guest Manny. Uh, we kind of go through over the normal intro. It's kind of like a Denise situation. We we, we went way too long, uh, so I'm going to separate it into two parts, two hour long segments, and uh, see how that goes. For the next two episodes, we talk about Magic the Gathering a lot. A lot, a lot. But if you're okay with listening to someone talk about something they're passionate about, it should be okay. Uh, the next episode, we get kind of heavy-handed in it, and we talk about specific cards and stuff, but this episode's okay. Um, that being said, normal podcast intro stuff's gonna hit, uh, and then it's going to cut away without the extra music and stuff, but I'll do an outro. So, without further ado, thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you later. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Zach Pack Podcast. My name is Zach, like Pack, P-A-C-K, and with me I have a good buddy, been on the podcast before, for episode 45, I think is what it is now. Yeah, we're getting up there. We're getting up there. Getting up there. We're getting up there. As soon Uh, as you hit 100, you get the residuals, right? uh, I'm getting some residual. Nice. It's like a penny a listen. Hey, hey, there we go. Gotta take what you can get. It all starts, man. That journey of a thousand miles. Yeah. First step. First step. Uh, I, I found that doing this, we, we were talking about a lot of stuff today. That's how it always goes now. By the, It's like you have all these brilliant conversations, then you hop on mic, you're like, you just want to reference like- them all, but you have to stop <laughs> yourself. Uh, but we were talking uh, and as a preface, like, you know, about what you're passionate about and stuff like that. And this is honestly one of the hobbies that's just stuck around. Like I told uh, Sam and Jose, um, in one of the other, you know, we went on vacation or whatever. And I told them like, you know, as long as you see me uploading podcasts, I'm doing okay. Right. Right. But if I'm not uploading podcasts, like, uh, beginning of last year or whatever it was where I wasn't o- uploading podcasts, I was not okay. <laughs> it was like a wellness check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send someone if I'm not uploading for two weeks in a row. Hey buddy. Yeah. You, you okay? Do, you doing all right over there, buddy? You're right. Want a hug? <laughs> please. <laughs> I need it. Right. Uh, and it's, I don't know. This, I feel comes full strength when I'm full strength, but I feel like this is like an extension of me. And I feel like that's why. Yeah. It's kind of weird to say that way, but yeah, the Zach pack podcast is like an extension of me. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you have to like, just put on the good fit. Fa- I mean, like, you know, obviously work, you know, you have a family to support, you have bills, you have mortgage, you know, you can't just be like, you know what? I just don't want to go to work. I mean, sometimes you have that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have that ability to do that without damage, <laughs> damaging anything. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, you just put a good face on. But with with hobbies or with something that maybe starts off as a hobby, it's mm-hmm. a little bit harder for that motivational thing. It's like, look, you know, I'm not getting, I'm not making thirty two dollars an hour doing a podcast you know yeah so ah do i really want to do this do i you know do i want time i don't feel good or i don't i don't feel psyched enough to get into here but you know you you get out in the backyard you yeah. march around slap yourself in the <laughs> face and it's like that's it let's do this let's go 100 ah. percent. especially for this like i feel like if i were to fake an episode you would tell like you'd be able to go back and listen to the ones I didn't want to do, and I just did. Yeah. Are you reading from three by five cards? Yeah. <laughs> no, I am not, sir or madam. <laughs> you hear the shuffling in the yeah. back. 
<laughs> and then you drop them and you're, you're all out of place and you're like, um, hang on, let me. So Bigfoot, <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere, Bigfoot talk. Uh, man, we had so many talks today, but I think the big one that we've gotten into lately. So last time we had board game day, which was a little chaotic, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Board games can get chaotic. Right, right. Uh, we were talking about an old video game, Magic the Gathering Chandelier. Oh, right, right. And I was like, you know, I think I can get that running. Because there was a YouTuber, you you played the game originally. Um, I was too young, because in the 90s I was still a kid. Exactly. If I had magic cards back then, I would have been so pissed, because I would have just destroyed them all. Um, Exactly. I still have original Pokemon cards, though. Well, they're They're not good ones, I've checked. Oh. But I still have them, memories. Um, But talking about this game that you can't played can't put back a price tag on memories, Zach. Exactly. <laughs> you can't put a price tag on memories. Uh, but old magic cards, oh, you can put a price tag yeah. on those. Oh, Black Lotus was my favorite. Oh, $10,000 Shiv and Dragon, which... It's not my favorite anymore. You can have it right. for $10,000. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but we were talking about this game, and like I saw a YouTuber play it, and I'm like, this looks fucking awesome. Because the one thing I don't like about Magic the Gathering is the money sink. Like, mm-hmm. how much are you going to have to put into it so you can enjoy it? And I want to talk about them a little bit later. But in this game, all the cards from set alpha to Arabian Nights, I think is what it was. Yeah, and then, like, like maybe set fifth four, edition. four, five sets or whatever are collaborated, combined in this game where you go around and play Magic the Gathering, which Magic is fun. Unlimited cards is fun. You earn them instead of pay them with real money. I wanted to get this running. And then through that, I got it running on your computer, which mm-hmm. has got you hooked because I'm hooked. And we keep sending photos back and forth about these <laughs> decks and cards and stuff we're making. And I actually went for my first draft night in Magic the Gathering in real life. Um, so that did escalate quickly. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, as, it is, as it does. But it's... Here's it's Zach, something, the first one's free. Just yeah. take a taste. Take a pack. Take a pack. Just one pack. It's just, it's fun. And it's kind of like the way I describe D&D to people who don't know what D&D is. It's, it's a board game, but you only buy the rules. Mm-hmm. You fill everything else out. You can play it with just the rules, pen and paper. But do you want to see your character actually do things? Do you want to put money into everything? It's kind of the same as in Magic. Where Magic is, you can buy a starter deck. You have the pieces to play. As long as someone else has a starter deck or cards, you can throw most of the rules out, out of the, you know, good cards, everything out of the table. $20 to start. Yeah. But if you want to go to your card shop and play or competitive or anything like that, um, you have an opportunity to spend $2,000 or something like that. Oh, right, right. And be competitive. And you played original Magic. You played like OG, like... Yeah. OG card First magic. edition, 1993, 94, you know, there were no other cards other than your, you know, alphas and betas yeah, and set. black, you know, black borders. And uh, I think we just looked up a, uh, someone had in, I think it was 2018, they had sold three complete sets. Oh, wow. Of the... Magic cards, the original alphas and betas. Can I guess? Three. Oh, go ahead, guess. Oh, you said three already. It's four. I was going to say like. Oh five. no, no, no! It was it was three three oh. complete sets. Three complete sets. Yeah. I'm going to guess because that contains all the the power nine, uh, mm-hmm. three times. Um, 
it's got to be like 800,000 or something. Uh, six, I believe it was 680 something thousand dollars wow. or 608. It was some, but it was over $600,000. That's insane. And I remember back in the mid nineties or early two thousands. I'm trying to remember when it was, but like you would all of a sudden you would pass by a, a booth at a convention. They were selling magic cars and it's like, Oh look, we have a complete set of, you know, the moxes, you know, all the five oh, to five man. moxes and stuff like this. And you go past there and it's like, Oh, okay. $18,000 for a complete set, yeah. you know, or you can get this car, you know, for 3,200 a piece. And I, I start remembering, it's like, yeah, I sold that back in, you know, 95 for, you know, $30 or yeah. $25 or whatever it is. But at the time, it's good value. And oh, yeah. you're never yeah. going to know, like, people who say, oh, I would have held Bitcoin through all the inflations and pumps and dumps and all that shit. You yeah. may have, and people have, and those are the people who actually would have done it. Yeah, or your car breaks down, and you're like, well, let's see, I can sell it for 500 and rebuild what I yeah, need to. Yeah, I need a car. Yeah. I have a life, and that's that's the big thing. Like, I don't buy and sell stocks anymore, because I used to be really, 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 really big on, like, buying something I believed in and selling it when it made me cash, like Dogecoin. I had tons of Dogecoin before it rose up like crazy. Now I'm not yeah. doing that. Like, with Shiba, like Shiba coin, nah, that. That's stacked. Like, I'm just leaving it as is. It's actually up today. Like GameStop. 20% and stuff. GameStop, funny enough, I was going to buy 100 shares for 300 bucks. And I'm like, Alex, I'm going to do it. She's like, whatever you think is best. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to disappoint her. And then I didn't do uh, it. That would have been such a baller move. Just yeah, like, yeah. It's like when you go to... You go to 300% leave, You go to leave the house on your birthday. And she's like, if you if that's what you want, that's yeah. fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm going to rethink that. Well... Alex is very, very supportive. And I've said that throughout the last few episodes because it's true. You know, we're married and not that like certain situations have come up where she has to prove loyalty or anything like that. Like we're very happy together. Yeah. You know, I mean, Uh, I've, I've told you, and I think I've told her too, um, but like listening to like the different podcasts with the two of you on there, it just makes me happy. Like you, like you (laughs) cannot not smile at parts yeah. And so that, that uh, yeah, that shows uh, the, the joy you guys have together and the support you guys have for each other. And that's that's uh, that's fun to see. Thank you. Because that does mean a lot because, you know, marriage, it, you know, if I come on here and say marriage is the hardest thing ever, people are just going to say we fight and everything like that. No, the stupid fights we get into are, why are your socks on the bed? Mm-hmm. Well, because my feet are cold halfway through that and take them off. Would you rather me throw them on the floor? No, because then you're going to leave for having them on the floor. Do you want me to get up in the middle of the night and wake you up taking my socks off? No, there's no winning here. See, if you made the bed, you could cover up the socks. You could, but I don't make the bed. That's right. <laughs> so those are the little fights and stuff we have. So, like, the hard, like, hardships of the marriage, like, are just stupid little shit. Yeah. But, obviously, I'm going to school now, which I haven't said what I'm going to school for. So um, that's going to be once I get everything finished. Uh, I want to do an episode just about that because I think that would be a good episode. But... It's like, you know, we have the opportunity for me to do my thing, go to school. Alex is just extremely, extremely supportive of it. Um, I don't think, well, judging other marriages and stuff isn't really good, but I don't think many other couples can do that. I know several couples who can, 
what you hear of, you know, the hardships and stuff. Or there was a meme and it was, I think it was on Reddit I saw and it said something like, oh, I don't know what to do. I, I mentioned to my coworkers, I don't know what to do when my husband goes on this work trip. And everyone said, do the things he doesn't let you do. It's like, what do you mean? Right, right. It's it's like, we don't have that either. We're in that like status of like, I said I wanted to buy a drone. And Alex is like, all right, that's $600. And she's just like, yeah, cool. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, I want to make a business and stuff out of it. So I have to practice before I can take my test and stuff. But yeah. So is, is there something that you have found um, that either changed or increased or decreased um, the ease of your relationship after you guys were married? Because how long did you guys date before you guys mm, got married? Six, seven years? Yeah. So Something I mean, like that. I and think and, we're and, and you nine. guys knew each other like years before that as well. Yeah, we went to middle school together. Right, right. Yeah, so we had pre- prior knowledge. We, we stayed in touch throughout all high school, and we kind of collected or collectively got back together talking and stuff in college, yeah. yeah. So was there, was there anything that changed um, or was harder after you guys had gotten married and moved in together or I, were things kind of like just just transitioned differently? See, this would be the point where I would call Alex if she wasn't at work and uh, and like hash it out because honestly, I'm going to speak for Alex and her answer is going to be he doesn't clean properly, hands down. Like that that's the biggest issue. Water it, cup it, on the Yeah, water cup all over the place and stuff. That will always be the issue. Yeah. 100%. Um, doesn't matter what time, how long we've been together. That will always be her answer. Um, I'm a very easygoing person. I don't like to push the envelope too much unless it's something that completely bothers me. Like not until recently, like at the, the recent family party, there was like cheesecake with strawberries on it. And I'm like, no, I will not eat this. I don't want it on my plate. I don't want this. And they're like, what the fuck? I'm like, bro, this is the first time I put my foot down our whole relationship. <laughs> like, please just don't do this to me. Uh, so yeah. from me, I don't think it was ever really hard. Yeah. See, that's, honestly. that's nice. That's when that happens. That's uh that's a nice, uh, nice to hear. It's nice to go through. Well, it's just, there has to be give, right? So, I mean, everything, uh, a good example would be playing magic, the gathering, you know, I could play Magic the Gathering on my computer and play Chandelar at night, but Alex has to go to bed early. The current living situation we're in, we're in one room. My desk is in that same room. You know, it's a bigger room, but still. I can't be on my mechanical keyboard and gaming mouse when she's oh, sleeping. Click, 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 click. And I've tried silent keyboards and stuff, and that works, but then if the chair squeaks and wakes her up, it's not worth the risk. Right, right. So I will give up playing games those nights and try my best to go to sleep and make it work. Yeah. Um, but that's not an issue. That's like our marriage is on the rocks. Like, no, I just don't play games that night. Right. Right. And if that's the worst we have to deal with, I will deal <laughs> with yeah, it. Yeah. You know? I mean, you make, you make, um, you make constellations every day, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's work, you know, your, your village, you know, your car, you know, it's like, well, I could get this fixed, but yeah. I'll just do this instead. But I need groceries this through. week. Right. Or I need to buy magic cards. Or <laughs> And for the record, my magic habit has not been crazy yet. So, yet. just for the record. No caveat yet. Well, it's fun. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of people who want to, like, start gaining a following and stuff like that and do their own thing, just do their own thing. Yeah. 
So like magic is one where it's like, well, I can't open a pack right now, but I want to see someone open a pack and they'll go on YouTube and just watch people open packs. Oh, right, right, right. Or like stuff like that. So it's not even like it's wasted. Like people are actively looking for content with it too. Right. Well, that the one thing, you know, like gaming, gaming and gaming stores in general, the one thing that always has remained, which has surprised me, um, you know, like, like board games kind of rise, you know, uh, role-playing games have kind of risen and gone up. Um, you're starting to see a more of a uh, resurgence now in some of this. You know, I mean, the channels now for watching people play, you know, role-playing games on online, YouTube, yeah. Twitch. I mean, it's everywhere. But even before those became super popular or as popular as they are today, um, you go by these stores and there's just posters. Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. um, you know, tournament on Friday, Saturday or, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! Or, or Pokemon and stuff, and these collectible card games have just gone crazy. I yeah. mean, and they've stayed, they've maintained, and their, like, parents were giving them to their kids, and the kids were like, I want to play this, I want to play this, and it's like, ah, and then the parents, like, sit and re- reminisce about, you know, I had those, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and yeah. they're still here. You know, it's like, I think, I think Magic came out and, 93, 94, and we were at the um, uh, Gen Con gaming convention in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. when the game was first introduced. And it was uh, it was like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, it's like, you know, it's a game where everyone can have, you know, you buy this, everyone has a chance to get the same cards in the same deck, but they're all, they're all mixed, you know. And right. so, okay, so you want to get the better cards or you get the boosters. But it wasn't, it wasn't an exclusive exclusive like okay well you can't get i can't get this good car because it's two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars you know i have to buy that but there were the cars weren't out like that yet right you know they were still in their infancy and the you know things were just really growing the one thing that we did notice um in those first few years was that sometimes distribution changed um like there was a set that had come out within the first first couple years and there were people that were from the West Coast, and they didn't get a big mix of certain cards. And these were like basic, like land cards. You know, anyone who's played, you you basically have to lay land down to to tap for mana or for points to get other creatures out or yeah. get other play other cards. And for record, lands have not changed. Like lands from first set are still legal. Oh, right, right, all the way through. But yeah, and and like some of these, not even like you know, there's like double lands and specialty lands and stuff, but. You know, just like some of the basic specialty lands from some of the sets weren't out in some areas of the country or or, or the world. Mm-hmm. I think there was a guy from London, and he bought, like, over $100 in cards that here were probably, you know, he could have picked up the same cards for $25. And that's nuts, too, because I've actually looked into it a little bit, and there's someone I started watching on YouTube, like, there are games that can be dual monitor games where like you play it on one screen and have YouTube on the other. And there's certain ones that for me just do not work. Like if I'm focused in a game, I can't with Chandelar hundred percent because it's turn-based. Like I can take my turn, see what damage pops off, not hit the space bar for a few seconds, and like pop back and forth. And, mm-hmm. stuff. and there's this guy who runs a card store in uh, Kentucky. And he was saying, you know, if he prices his stuff cause he sells in store and online cause it's a bigger market. If he prices his stuff too high, it sells well online, but doesn't sell in store. He prices it too low. It sells too well online. 
and it won't sell in store because you don't have it for sale. Right, right. And it's like, what do you do at that point? Do you, whatever, right? But it's because people who are in hot spots, like California and New York and these big cities, they search out these small stores and buy their stock when it's low because they have to price it lower oh, so yeah, it sells. Right, right. And it, it becomes supply and demand. Now, you have a fun game where the pieces are randomized, supply and demand or cards are dictated by the company, and it's a whole economy. Yeah. And that's that's nuts because when you started <laughs> talking about that the other day, where it was, oh, you know, we, we can bring these cards, pay for a whole trip to California with what we make and come back with profit right, if you wanted right. to. We, we had a, um, I mean, we, I've told you the story before, but um, there was a friend of ours who we had gone down to Gen Con with, and he made enough money selling not like his personal collection of cards. I mean, they were his cards, but not cards that he was actively keeping. Mm-hmm. These were like all like his extra. Like he had boxes of boxes, you know, because you, you get a deck and you acquire, you know, yeah. you acquire like, you know, you don't need four Oak. of the same cards or, you know, t- you know, I got 200 land, you know, forest cards. Um, You know, like usually the cards will have at least the land cards initially had like two or three, I think it was maybe four. They had four different art, um, artwork, art styles, you know, mm-hmm. art styles and stuff like this. Yeah, so even if you kept and, a set of each right, one. Right, right. You kept a set like one of each, you know, design. And then, you know, you just threw the rest in the box because they were they were just land. Um, And it was, uh, um, I forgot my what was my train of thought here. And just kind of like yeah, how he, t- he took his bulk cards. But yeah, so he would, so he would just take, you know, he would just take his cards and, you know, sell the extras ones that he wasn't actively using or plan to use. Mm-hmm. And he had enough to put a down payment on a condo yeah. for him and his, him and his then girlfriend, you nice. know, now wife. And yeah, this, and that was, I think that was the moment when, um, that year was when it's like, you're, there's something here, you mm-hmm. know, like this isn't just like a passing, thing you know sometimes you get those phases you know like i think i i had heard you on one uh podcast talk about you know the beanie beanie babies mm-hmm. you know there was like this huge you know all oh, this one's ta- tabasco the bull is seven hundred dollar beanie baby or this one is you know a thousand dollars there's if that you famous find court it. case where the the couple is arguing over which beanie babies they get to keep and there's a picture of it and they just have all the beanie babies down on the floor and they have tupper uh, um, storage bins yeah. And they're each picking one or two at a time, doing like a draft pick in front of a judge. Wow. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. And then they didn't equal anything cost-wise. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> and, and so, you know, sometimes you get those fads that, you know, are a flash and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think back to the, the Star Wars cards. You know, George Lucas was a, maybe a genius by mistake when he would not sell the rights for merchandising, he Super smart, yeah. wanted to own the rights for that instead of just okay. Here we'll just you know for you know I'll I'll just throw a number you know for fifty thousand you know Kenner you have the rights to everything and then boom you know he and then he would have lost and stuff and I believe Star Wars was one of the first collectible game uh, toys that mm-hmm. was owned by the man who created it and you know the same thing with Star Wars toys you know it's like oh if you kept them unwrapped and you know, you kept them in, in the box in pristine condition and stuff like this. And, you know, this Luke Skywalker is worth, you know, $450 now. And, but you played with them. Yeah. You know, you play with well, them. And, the kids not gonna and yeah. right. You know, and you can, you know, you've always got that, or you can always have that buyer remorse where it's like, oh, or seller remorse. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, if I, if I wouldn't have played this, you know, but then how much joy would you have missed out on 
you know, yeah, growing you're up a kid, or you're something playing like with that. These I mean, toys. It wouldn't mean anything to you at that point. Right, right. And we're coming into a market where people are understanding this and they're starting to do these scalper moves, which take it how, how far you want, right? Um, I'm all about side hustles. I'm all about doing things for like side income and doing what makes you happy and stuff like that. And there are certain things that you have to kind of pull yourself away from yourself to do like scalpers don't believe they're doing anything wrong. You know, they're standing in line, they're waiting for these PS fives and they're selling them for a profit. Now, if I were a kid, right. I'm looking for a PS five, looking for a PS five. My mom and dad can't go find one for me because these people are selling them for $300, $400 extra. Mm -hmm. Does that sit right with me? It doesn't sit right with me. So I wouldn't be able to do it to a point, you know, and you talk about, you know, the star Wars figures and stuff like that. It's got me thinking like, I'm going to buy my kid, you know, an action figure or something like that. Do I buy a second one and leave it sealed? Right. At what point does it become scalping or what point does it become something that's taking too much Yeah. because of potential, whatever. So like me personally, when I buy my whatever gender child, a game console, I personally want a second one sealed with the games I bought them. And when they turn 20 something, and this is spoilers if our kids are watching for this. Uh, so I'm just thinking about that, but like I would want them to have that experience of opening it up and like experiencing that nostalgia again, be like, Oh, this game fucking sucked. Let's go play it. <laughs> but at that point, if they're 25, they can go get fucking high and play this shit and have fun with it or whatever, get drunk, whatever they want to do. But I think that'd be fun. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, it would be. It would be that, that like a like a time capsule almost. You yeah, know, like reopen a, that. But it's a premium time capsule with yeah. a fucking video game yeah. console. <laughs> well, I, look at look at even like you know look at even like uh, um, looking at modern times, you know, um, the people people were selling their spots in front of the Apple Store because yep. they were the first person in line. Yeah, and they and they were waiting for that new that new but iPhone. That's a out. profession. And yeah. I mean, and they were selling not not the phone. They're selling their place in line for a thousand dollars. It it just blows you away sometimes when you, you think about like the disposable income that someone has just to like not be able to wait for two months or three months. And they wanted it. They you know FOMO. Yeah, they want it, and that brings up like another point. Like everything in recent times kind of lines up together sometimes, and it works out perfectly. That's exactly what this is. I was talking with one of my classmates, and we're talking about you know, sacrificing your personal beliefs for profiteering and stuff like that. And to an extent, you know, you can get so high while maintaining a certain moral code. But if you want to break past that point, you have to break some moral compass orientation you have. Like he is very eco-friendly, right? So he doesn't want to contribute to this mass polluters and stuff like that. Well, if you want to start changing some stuff, you need money to change things. How do you get mass amounts of money like that? You have to break some rules. Then at point, are, are you still yourself doing all this and everything? Like it all comes back, you know, to that, right? It's just, it's insane that we have billionaires trying to shoot themselves into space opposed to fixing the earth we have or making sure that everyone has money but they're using that money to shoot themselves in space and steal people's spots in line. 
But then you have to think about it. Like, no upfront cost. I'm giving up my time, sure. But if I'm getting 10K, a couple K for a spot, waiting for someone who has money to do it, yeah, I don't see yeah. the harm in it, but is it a waste, wasteful resource of the person who have money? Yeah. yeah. Is it? Because their time right. is worth money. So it all comes back to what do you want to do? If you want to have enough money to pay someone for someone to do it, you got to break some moral codes. But is it wrong for me to sit there and save a spot for this dude? Right? It all comes to that. It's yeah. so weird yeah. the way the world works now. Capitalism, you know? It is. It is. <laughs> just nuts i personally again I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that uh with the last episode which i know you haven't gotten to yet the one with denise um there was a point where we were talking about like only fan girls and like sex workers and stuff hey if that's what you want to do for money there should be no shame in it it's just how morally do you want to direct yourself right right um with with any um the supply and demand capitalistic, you know, market type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, well, well, how much is this worth? Well, what are you willing to offer me for it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well, I can only offer this. Well, I know you love it, but this person's offering me 50% more than what you've even started at, you know, and then you get into the whole bidding war sometimes with things and auctions. And yeah, and this is why, you know, you have these things because, you know, skyrocketing in price because it's that's what the market dictates Mm -hmm. yeah there was a guy at the magic draft last night and he's like oh shit i overpaid for a card like well what did you buy what did you what did you bid he's like ah it's like a 56 dollar card i paid 34 like well that's not overbidding and he's like yeah i just don't feel good about the price and someone outbid him he's like oh cool i'm out i'm away from it (laughs) <laughs> then when we're looking away, he bids on it again. He's like, oh, someone outbid me again. I'm like, why'd you bid on it again? He said it was already too high. Um, but at that point, you wouldn't be losing money, right? But supply and demand. Someone could put up a card for 50 bucks. Someone could put yeah. up a card for $2 and see a bidding war. Like, it's whatever the market wants it's, it to be. It's fine. It used to be like, and, and I haven't been on there in a while, um, at least actively been on there, but that was always like the weird kind of a silent auction thing like eBay was, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you're always checking, did I get it? Did I get it? Oh man. And then, and then you could go ahead. It's like, well, I'm, I'm big. It's only at $48, but I'm going to put $75 in as my max. And it's like, that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And someone bid 76 and you're like, well, I can go to 83. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. so that happens, you know, that, that whole, uh, overbidding for, for something. But if it's something you really want, yeah. is it overbidding really? I mean, it might not be what the market dictates, but at the end of the day, if you got what you wanted, even if you paid a little more for it, you know, you can say, well, I'm going to great America and I'm going to spend this. Mm-hmm. And then you wind up like 200 bucks over. Yeah. Over it and stuff, but you had a blast. Yeah. You know, you had the memories of your friends. You had, you know, the trip up there, you know, something crazy happened. A goose flew and almost hit your car. You know, you've got that, that, that little, story. you've got that story and stuff yeah. like that, that you can't put a price tag on. And so, I think in the end, as long as you're not, and, you know, I love, you know, welcome to, you know, insert your name casino here. You know, it's like, you know, come on down. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're having fun, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, four-star restaurants and this and that. Yeah. If you have a gambling problem, please. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so well, as long as it's not. To. Right. And that, right. that puts some of the morality away from the politicians where they say, well, if we make them say that 
you you have a problem, just call this line. Oh, we're, yeah. We're, yeah, like, like, right, like, on, you it's know. It's off me. You know, uh, medical records have determined that, you know, smoking cigarettes can be dangerous for your health. Yeah, look at what other countries have done. They put, like, disease-ridden pictures on the cigarettes. Like, they can't oh, right, even advertise right, on yeah. the cigarettes. Like, if they do, it's, like, a small, <clears throat> just saying what it is. And it's literally, like, here's what bone cancer looks like if you smoke cigarettes. Here's what the inside of your lungs look like X amount of time after smoking. Here's a mouth all torn up with like ulcers and stuff. Like yeah. They show you the things that can go wrong with, with time with cigarettes. And that is a stronger effect than not recommended by the surgeon general while pregnant. Right. And yeah. That's the only thing yeah. that's on our squares here. Yeah. You know, and, um, and not, you know, not to belabor this, you know, that, that example. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, back in, I don't even remember, 40s, 50s. Was you it know? four out of five doctors? Oh, yeah, like camel? doctors were saying, you know, oh, this is a good calming effect. You know, doctors recommended this. And yeah. um, there were even some, you know, beloved cartoon characters that were pushing cigarettes. Yeah. You know, and and it's, it's uh, so I think, I think we're kind of doing like a mea culpa now with some of the um, backstepping on some of the things, like for years, you know, the advertising media and, and doctors, uh, physicians, things were, we're getting this stuff and then they find out, okay, now it's addictive. Well, now people can't stop or it's extremely hard for them to yeah. stop. Well, there are a lot of issues like that, especially medical with big pharma pushing stuff. But I mean, uh, I mean a few big examples, right? 50 years ago, four out of five doctors recommend camel cigarettes. Sure. Major ad campaign. You can't advertise cigarettes anymore. Right. And there was a point where you could advertise vaping products because it wasn't. And they put the can on that or like, pre-made pods you couldn't have flavored Mm -hmm. pods just like you they had the crushing mint cigarettes and stuff they used to have so they make it so it's as unappealing to younger people as possible and they do what they can to appease the people who are upset but also appease the people who are still making tons of cash um opiates right Mm -hmm. pushing opiates like crazy oh new doctor here's three things of opiates or three pretty whole prescriptions three months get out of here um, and they're just pushing drugs and stuff or like, um, mental health, right? Where were we 50 years ago with mental health? Well, 50 isn't, I, I say 50, like it's the year 2000, <coughs> but like go to the forties and fifties and you had fucking lobotomies. Oh, right. Right. And it's, they're solved. Yeah. Cause they're staring at a fucking wall. Yeah. What was their problem? They liked men who gives a fuck. Yeah. What or, the fuck were we doing 50 years yeah, ago, 70 years ago? They had anxiety. Yeah. You know, something well, that's... Now they don't have anxiety because they can't move their right. body. Like, things like that make you think, what are we fucking up now that in 40 years, the kids are going to go, why the fuck did they do that? Yeah. I still think mental health is a big thing that people don't factor in. Um, you know, land of the free, we can't take mental health days. You, you're act, like, They think you're like a pussy. What do you mean? Get back in there. Yeah. Work. We need you here at work. Um I, I'm a big, big proponent in, like, they call it anti-work. And I don't know if you've seen it on Reddit um, pop up, but it's, sometimes it's people whining and it's people, like, berating their bosses for stupid things. Like, my boss said I had to stay five minutes late to help with this. It's like, just fucking help him do it. But, like, there are things like, hey, I know you requested Thanksgiving off, like, a year ago, but I can't give it to you because this person just quit. It's like well, I'm not going to show up. Right, like, right. Things like that. Or like if, if they're overstepping or like um, there was one the other day where it was talking about 
um, they just asked like, oh, just a quick question. What is my pay going to be? Well, I don't want you on my team anymore. Someone who's going to ask about pay only cares about this and doesn't care about the work behind it. That doesn't pay my yeah. fucking bills. Right, right. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to like pay you to work for you. Yeah. So I, there's, there's a lot of stuff I think's fucked up now that our kids are going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, too you much. Know, you go back to, um, we're such a litigious society on certain things, um, that we almost have to overstate the obvious on things, you know, like, you know, it, it could be anything, you know, like, Oh, here, you know, let's buy these, you know, scissors. And it's like, you know, warning, do not put it near or around the eye, you know, or yeah. do, do not, do not run in the house with pointy object. America, you know, the land of suing. Yeah. Well, and then, like H you says would, not to eat it. Like you would said, you know, big pharma, you know, yeah. the, the, the same advertising that you're seeing now, you know, ask your pharmacy if, you know, you know, Insert clock of meal, clock of meal, whatever thing yeah. is, is, you know, is right for you. And then four years from now, I was like, have you or your relative been, an, um, you know, had an issue with this? <laughs> Call Turns us out, now, you know, for a class receive, action lawsuit. Yeah, you and, can receive financial compensation. Right, right. Or, uh, there, there are a bunch of them like that. But yeah, we, we don't know what's fucking good for us a hundred percent. You're never going to know. Everything here gives you cancer. Every fucking thing. Yeah. And, um, and I think, I think we've had so much instant, I don't necessarily want to say gratification, but we, there's so many things that we want and we want it now mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, well, we're, we're just going to rush through and we're going to get this out and you know, here it is. And it's like, Oh, oops, it's not working correct, but mm-hmm. it's out. You know, you, you guys wanted it and here it is. Um, so I think that, and I think the chase for the, the dollar to get that out, to make that, to appease, you know, your stockholders yeah. and, and everyone else. And I, I personally believe that there's a way you can make work, not be horrible, right? Like there's a way to make it happen and there's a way that you can rise, raise yourself up so you can bring others with you where it's seen that you need to push other people off of you because they're pulling you down. Right. Nah, man, uh, we're only here because we can work as a collective. That's what makes us different. We can, we have, well, we have thumbs and that we can coordinate, you know, gossip is one of the big things that like differed us from like animals. Yeah. I can tell you that this person over here is going to come fuck us up and you accept that as reality. Whereas like apes, like they do not accept it. Like I know everything. You cannot have knowledge that isn't mine. Right. Right. Kind of a thing. So there's a way to do it right. And, uh, I think once a few more people get there, I think we're going to start seeing a big change. Uh, you've already seen prices rise and, and hiring wages and stuff like that. Um, I'm not far enough away to talk about where I was working before I started going to school. Um, obviously, it's been less than a year. I still have people who work there and stuff. But their minimum wage, what they're giving people, um, you can start working at a fast food place down the street and start getting 2 to $3 more. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and and that wage was compensated to someone who, you know, I don't disclose all my stuff, especially on air or everything, but someone working fast food could make instantly as much money as I was as part of the management team. And it's like, well, shit, there's got to be a change. And if there is no change or if the bonuses and stuff they throw at you fix that, um, big thing on anti-work is they like to show these compensations and stuff they receive instead of 
financial payment. Oh, right. Like right. pizza parties and stuff. Oh, you did a really good job. You made us $3 million extra this week. Have some pizza. And it's like, yes, the gesture is nice. And I understand corporate isn't giving you a million dollars to kick back to us because we made extra profit this year. Yeah. But like a pizza party. <laughs> Well, it, it, it's, and it, it's, it's a double edged sword at that right, point. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not always easy to determine right versus wrong on some of these, yeah. you know, like I remember, you know, decades ago, not that you know, it's, it's a long time ago, but not, you know, not in the twenties, you know, this is like in the, in the nineties, yeah. you know, eighties, nineties, two thousand early two thousands, you know, these airline airline industry, mm-hmm. um, you know, there would be an airline that would be, we're having all this difficulty, you know, we're, we're restructuring, we're doing this. We had to close, you know, X number of um, um, runs out of certain cities. We had to let, you know, 200 people, 250 people go from across the country. And then a week later, hey, we hit our goal. So the CEO just got, you know, a $2.1 million bonus. And now that's like 200 times he, more. Right, right. And, and, and you know, so he, he got his bonus because he made it under the budget that they needed and it's like there's some disconnect there yeah you know if you know there's you know did, did he work really hard to get the numbers that they wanted him to get well you know yeah you know at whose expense was it and was it worth the um was it worth the impact of the lives that were you know hit with that to justify the the bonus you know and so i mean you can argue you can argue contractually he was um, you know, legally bound to get that or, or morally bound to get that because he hit his, he hit his, his he goal. He hit his goal, but he ruined, but he ruined, you know, his moralities or right. whatever that did it. I mean, um, there's a perfect example that ties into it and I can't pull it up right now because I don't know how to Google it while we're on mic and stuff. Um, but if, if you look up like the most recent sports arena cuts, uh, one of the teams, I want to say they're from, like, New York or something, they're getting a new stadium. It costs $860 million for the stadium. They're giving a kickback to the owner for building it, which, sure, giving a tax incentive incentive for people to go to the arena and spend money and tax dollars and stuff back, I don't know that stuff. I'm not savvy in that them cutting $800 million from their childcare budget and stuff like that to get the sports arena. That looks bad on paper. And I feel, I would feel fucking horrible doing something like that, you know? So that's just one example of something that popped up. But like you said, cool, I'm shutting down all these runways so I can get my bonus. So I get my nuts. So I don't have to give a fuck about these people. How do people do that? Yeah, it's, and I think that's something too. I think in the next 50 some years, our kids are going to look like your job treated you like this. Like I think unions are going to be super popular and I think the push for remote jobs are still going to be here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now I have, um, I mean, there are people now who are going back to work. Um, not full. I mean, not full. They're working full time, mm-hmm. but they're still remote working. And they're not doing anything different than if they were at work yeah. physically. Except they're at um, work. Except they're at work and they're taking, you know, an hour trip each direction. Mm-hmm. So basically they're doing the exact same thing that they were doing at home, 
but now they're spending, you know, six, eight, ten hours a week just in travel yeah. to to do it, you know, or or more. You know, I remember there was um, years ago, um, I was working at a, a warehouse, and there was a guy who was driving from Northwest Indiana all the way up to you know Northwest suburbs of of Illinois, mm-hmm. and it was taking him in the snow in the winter time. It would take him sometimes two and a half hours to get home. Yeah, that's like five hours. That's almost another. That's a part time job. Just in travel time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fucking nuts. And I understand why we can't have it where everything's remote. It makes perfect sense. We're in the digital era. But the money these corporations have put into these buildings, right? You can't have it so it's just willy-nilly cool. Yeah. It's, it's gone. Well, and they've, they've been talking about that for decades. You know, like they were saying, like the Sears Tower, mm-hmm. Willis Tower. Welcome to Chicago, Sears Tower. Right. <laughs> um, you know, is like 65 or, or there's like some like over 50% unoccupied. Yeah. You know, you've got, you know, one of the tallest buildings in the United States. Converted to residential. Yeah. It solves part of the ho- housing bro- market. Um, and that that's another thing. And it's very tangential today, but whatever. Um you know, I get into watching YouTubers like Graham Stephan, and I highly recommend you watch him. Like he's he speaks the truth, um, but he's very into being a landlord before he did his content creation. You know, buy a duplex, rent out the other side, whatever. He is a good landlord. I feel that being a good landlord like that should be okay, but you go out there and you hear these horror stories about landlords who don't fix things and don't do things and they're legally not obligated to do shit. And it's like, just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You don't want to fucking be associated with them. Like I, I want to put my money to work for me, but if it's fucking up a chance at a family getting a home, but the loans from the banks aren't giving them money because they would rather give it to an investor. They already have right, time right. with there it was um just goes back to that what are you going to do morally to fix everything would fixing remote working and doing that more in opening right, and right, opening right. other places is that just going to give them opportunity to scoop it up and rent it or is it going to be right well and and purchasing? so so here's and like here's another example on the other side of that um you know we we hear we hear so many of the horror stories because it's 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 newsworthy you know it's boom it's here oh look at this guy um, there was a company that was out there, and I, I don't know if they were brothers, or if they were just good friends that had started doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some money, you know. They were they were financially very stable. Um, I don't know if they were millionaires or anything, but um, they they had money. Mm-hmm. But what they would do is, um, they would look for these houses that are that needed some work and that were way behind on mortgages that you know that they were getting um banks were closing on to to you know foreclosures and stuff like this sure and the crazy thing is is that you know couple a and b go and buy this house mm-hmm. and they have some difficulty but they they bought this house for let's just say two hundred thousand dollars they're having problems they fall behind they're behind months you know or you know a couple months two three months they start falling behind and the bank is still like, well, the mortgage is still $1,200 a month. Mm-hmm. You know, however, when, you know, if and when they foreclose, 
you know, now they're selling, the bank is selling the house for a loss just so that they can start making more money on it again. Right. Um, because obviously, you know, the, the, they paid out the, the money for the, for the title on there, but it's still, it's still a piece of property. Like it's still like it, nothing really has changed or has altered it. So, you know, your $200,000 house, you're going to pay maybe $290,000 after all the, you know, or three hundred thousand right, dollars, you know, their... for the thing. So what this, what these, what this, these guys were doing, is they were looking at it. They were buying it from the bank. Prior to buying it for the bank, they would go in. They would go up to the house, and sometimes they weren't received real well because you know they're like, "Oh, you guys are trying to kick us out of our house," blah blah blah. Right. They would sit down and talk with the current owners or the current people who live there, mm -hmm. current family that live there, and it's like, "Look, your payment on this is twelve hundred dollars a month." They're going to short sell this for out you. This is, we're not doing this. The bank is doing this. Right. We want to buy this house. They're going to sell it to us for 125 We can then turn around and have you re-sign a, a mortgage with us or sign a, a lease agreement with us mm -hmm. for $950 because this is, we're still going to make money on this in the long run. Sure. And you're not going to have to be, Financially, up, financially upended on this. So we're going to, you know, we're going to take this money, you know, your credit is going to take a hit because of the, you know, the foreclosure and stuff, but you're still going to have a place to live. And it's, it, it, so you've got, you've got the bank is making money because this, this company is, is buying it on the foreclosure. Mm -hmm. You're having the, the people that are buying it, the property owners are still making a profit because they're re, leasing it back to the people yeah, who are already money there monthly. and the people who are living there are getting a break on there. And it amazes me that more that you don't hear that more often that more companies don't do that because it's literally a triple win. You know, I only see that as a risk because if, if the people who are already in the situation can't make the payments on the mortgage, who's going to guarantee they're going to make the payments on the lease. And then when you own the house, at that point, you have to make the decision. Are you going to kick them right. out if they don't pay after for so long? Are you going to try to work something out? I'm, I'm sure there was a vetting process for them. Yeah. Like they had gone through and have, had, you know, done their homework and stuff because, it, it, as I recall, there, there were more good endings and bad endings on these. Hopefully, yeah. So. I, I can see it working because that $300, $400 a, a month for any family is a lot of money. You know, you've got a kid or two that's a couple more sports or just having money in the bank and savings. It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's a car payment. Yeah, I mean, it could be a car payment. And I'm very against car payments. Um, I, I recall yeah. recently. Um, very, very, very against car payments. I have four payments left, by the way. And Good. I'm making two of those this month. Fantastic. So once, come next month, I will be car payment free. Well, I, I said right away for me personally, when I got into my car loan, I felt like it got me out of a situation I didn't want to get into, which was going back to nursing school at the time. Mm -hmm. And I felt that, well, I need a full-time job now and I can't do both at the same time. And it forced me into that like nonsense. Um, and I hated every month. I fucking hated it. And now that I don't have it, obviously it opens up other opportunities and stuff. Um, but all these, you know, inflation and all this, all these are just from one simple fact, right? The bank is making money. That doesn't exist yet. You right. have to earn it and pay them back. If the bank wasn't there, what would a house actually cost? Yeah. What would everything cost? Like these cars, they're limited stocks. So we have to inflate the prices. Well, used cars are so expensive. 
are you going to sell your used car to buy an inflated priced new car? Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff didn't make sense to do. But it all comes down to if you owe money, you can't make your money grow. Right. No matter right. what it is. So if I would have kept all my magic cards back yes. from the day, I have brand new cars now. I'd be paying cash. Yeah, 100%. Or, or a, a Black Lotus. I'm just, you know what? Instead of Bitcoin, accept this Black Lotus as payment. Yeah, that's right. That's worth at least three Mox Jades. Right. Let me tell you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love how it all comes back together. Oh, full circle. Full circle. Full circle. It's just nuts. The world, so, man. So I like your um, I like your new setup. Thank you. I like your, uh, uh, it almost looks like a studio. <laughs> and that is worth the price of admission. A hundred percent. Right there. If I could... Um, like I said, the only things I would really change are having it mounted or set up on a permanent location where the cable mess isn't an issue. Um, but past that, I, I really do like it. It's portable enough because it self-records. I don't need like a laptop or anything with it. Um, that's chill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, and it's it's nice too because it's, it's while, while heavy, the individual pieces, mm-hmm. um, it's not like, it's not real bulky. I mean, like it doesn't take yeah, up a lot of real estate. Piece by piece, yeah. And the the most heavy thing are the uh, microphone stands, which I've definitely said on the podcast before. They're like twenty pounds each. I want to say, yeah, they're pretty heavy. Um, but you want it portable. That's what you got to do with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I have seen uh, there are a few people I watch on YouTube, and I don't typically deviate too much. And if I do, it's because they're like part of a bigger crew. I guess you would say. Um, but Ludwig is one of the streamers that I started following. Um, and I saw his YouTube content before I saw him on Twitch and he started by like playing smash brothers and doing things he was cool with. And he started becoming an entertainer and stuff, but on his podcast, they call it the yard Mm. and they modified their attic with like a push out like a ceiling piece. So you can go up into the attic. Oh, right, right. They modified that to get the fake grass they put picket fences up there and they like nice. decorated it, but they all have lawn chairs, but they have like rigs. So their microphones are like not touching anything so they can be free floating and like move the mic closer to them without it making noise and stuff. Right. Right. If I had space and money one day, yeah, one that'll, day. it'll get there. I've already told Alex, I, I don't care what we do. I don't care where we move. And for the time being, it could be a temporary location for the podcast where I have like, just enough space to keep the box and the, and the table mm-hmm. so I can set it up and have it nice. Now, the, the in-house band is going to be a little bit problematic. That's I mean, a little problematic. They need space. Yeah. They need space. So that one's going to be a little time. Yeah, a little bit. Just imagine. Just like, give me a jazz <laughs> note. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I need that space. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I mean, it, it's... it's the, And the nice thing about this is you have, you have options. Mm-hmm. There's so many options for things. Yeah, this board um, really opens up so many possibilities. You know, I mean, I mean, you've got you've got the mics now. I mean, you can, you know, everyone gets their own lavalier at some point, mm-hmm. and then everything's wireless. And yeah, and I, the, the wireless lavaliers are expensive. Yeah, if you get a good like sure lavalier, yeah, you, you're talking anywhere from like you know five to like nine hundred dollars for. And I've done research in them because the. The Zoom H1N recorder I have, the one I started the podcast with, I have it. I still have it. 
um, I want to keep it because I have ideas of things that I can do where like, what's the hardest part about getting someone to commit to a podcast, right? Either listening or watching. It's that it's an hour long. It's a half hour long. And then you add ads. It's whatever, you know? What if you go on the street and you just do like quick five minute bits? Oh, yeah. You're recording and Man stuff like that. Man on the street. Yeah, stuff like that. I think that'd be kind of cool. So I like the fact that you can keep all your old stuff and still use them. Um, but would I recommend someone to start out with this board? Probably not. Yeah. Thanks to Bitcoin, it was free. Yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, some of these, uh, you know, you look at some of these sure ones, you know, anywhere from six, oh, yeah. seven, nine hundred dollars, and it's just for a single level there. Yeah. And then you have to have a different channel. You have a different receiver for each one. Yeah. Um, I think some of them you can get away with multiple ones on the same channel, but I think for the most part. Well, you would want a different channel so you can edit it. Right. Like on this board, I have the opportunity to take every single channel, which it's two, four, six, seven channels I can have technically. Uh, USB Type-C, aux cable, Bluetooth, and then four main mics. Um, oh, plus the sounds. I can have the... Oh, yeah. The yeah. whole different channel, too. Right. And then it, it just saves it. It takes more space because it's different channels, but I can audio tune and level everybody separately. Yeah. So multi-channel is definitely nice to have. Yeah, it is. It is really nice. But I appreciate it. Uh, this was a big jump. It's a really, really big jump. And I feel that no matter what happens in the future, the experience I gain from here will transfer to something else. Although I feel like Zach Pack is just going to be a consistent, no matter what, no matter how slow it would be uploaded, it will always be uploaded. Too. Yeah. Well, that's the nice thing about experience is, you know, experience can be uh, something you get when you didn't get what you wanted. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. It's always, <laughs> you know, they say you make a, uh, they say sometimes you make uh, oh, you learn more by your mistakes and your successes. I agree on that hundred you know? percent. Yeah. And so uh, uh, it's just a matter of how you deal with that, how you pick up and uh, move on from that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is nice though. It's uh, it's fancy. Thank you. As Alex says, fancy. Fancy. Yeah, too many buttons. There are too many buttons. Never okay. too many. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, I thought man. that was like a looping one, like, but it wasn't. <laughs> I got to check my settings, man. Hey, check yourself. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. This is going to be the outro of the episode. So once again, thank you so much. Check out the links below in the description. I'm going to have the discord server. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be there because if you wait for everything in your life to be perfect, you don't do anything. That's the, uh, it's the tidbit of the day. <laughs> the tidbit of the day. Past that, next episode's going to start off with some VR talk. And uh, we go heavy-handed into magic, like I said earlier. But I think this cut's good enough where both episodes can stand on their own without knowing much about Magic the Gathering. And I hope you guys enjoyed. That being said, uh, I'll catch you later during the next episode. Have a good one, guys.